Okay. Come on. There we go. Now we're good. Let's restart that intro real fast. Give me one second, guys. Hey, guys. It's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's a special Tuesday edition of the wrestling wrap-up because, well, there's so much news that came out this morning. Like, I woke up at, what, 9.30 Pacific time, and there was like, boom, 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 boom. My phone's got like 50 notifications. Everyone's like, why aren't you posting? What's going on? I'm like, well, WWE to Netflix posted at 4.30 Pacific time. I was dead asleep. So there was no reason I was going to know about that. Then there's the news of The Rock going and joining the board of TKO. We got some other wrestling news as well. But we also have today with us Mike Straw at Mike Straw Media joining us to talk everything from the Netflix deal and what that can mean to the consumer and the pricing there and having to buy every different platform just to, I guess you could say, watch wrestling now. So, yeah, we got so much to talk about. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I've ruffled a few feathers online with my thoughts on this <laughs> Netflix deal. So I don't, I don't know. I'm hoping to be the voice of the, the underserved people when it comes to getting content and, and consuming wrestling. So we'll see. Right. I'm doing good overall. So I, I saw some of that online, but it's like, if you have to now pay not just for one cable package, whether you're getting that from Comcast or YouTube TV or Spectrum or something, that's one thing. You're paying one price encompassing everything. But now when you have to have that cable package, then you have to have Peacock, then you have to have Paramount Plus, then you have to have Netflix. It gets a little pricey, and not everybody, like probably you and me, can use it as a tax write-off because we have to have all that for work-related purposes because that's my thing. It's like, right. well, technically, if I have Peacock for the WWE Network, I can write it off. Most people don't have that kind of luxury because that's not their job. Exactly. The the biggest thing with, with the pricing, and, and there are the, the cheap deals, like Netflix, $6, $7. It's going to go up. Oh, yeah. When these deals get signed, and I'm sure we'll get into that more in a minute, the price isn't going to stay the same because they got to justify these these billion, this $5 billion deal they just signed with, with Netflix and WWE. So... A lot of these things are going to go up, and there's it's getting kind of messy at this point. There's a bubble. There's a bubble that's happening, and WWE and Netflix are just about to be a part of it. Oh, yeah. So we'll get into all that here in a minute, but I do got to get the housekeeping out of the way. I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you're watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool perks like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. But you have to remember, if you're using your Twitch Prime, you have to manually go in and resubscribe every month. It doesn't auto-update. But also, it doesn't have to be your Amazon account. You can link anybody's Amazon account to your Twitch account and then get Twitch Prime. Also, remember, head over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button to know when we go live and post new videos. Hit the join button to become a channel member. And remember, if you want to get your questions, comments, or concerns read live on the air, donate a super chat. That is a great way to make sure we see your comments and to support the channel. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. 
head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUNLIMITED, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Only takes a couple of seconds to type it in. It's P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D. Whether you're getting stuff on your PC through the Epic Game Store or it's Fortnite, Rocket League, and Fall Guys through your PlayStation, your Xbox, your mobile device, and so forth. But the big news that dropped this morning, like I said, it was 4.30 West Coast. I'm dead asleep. I didn't even go to bed till like 2-something last night working on some video stuff. And actually, funny thing is... I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and my computer was left on. So I went to go turn off my monitor because I left the monitor on and I saw something that pop up on the screen that said WWE Netflix and I was just like, oh, they're doing another one of these Choose Your Adventure Undertaker New Day things. I didn't think anything of it. So I turned the screen off, go pee, come back to bed, wake up a couple hours later and I'm like, oh, no, this is way bigger than I thought. And today, WWE did officially announce that, well, Netflix will become the new home of Raw starting in 2025, and there's a couple of things here that people aren't understanding. So this is more than just a deal for Monday Night Raw. Now, with the previous deal that they had with USA Network for Raw, they were getting roughly, I think it's like $250 million a year. And what they kept saying was they want $500 million a year for the new deal. Well, if you actually break this all down, they didn't get $500 million a year for the Raw deal. This is an over-encompassing deal that does Raw in the United States and basically everything else international for that $500 million a year. So they really didn't actually get $500 million a year. But that's the number they show. I mean, it's still, at the end of the day, it's still $5 billion over yeah. 10 years. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, there's ways they can word it and make it sound like a win because at the end of the day, it is a win for them. Financially, oh. it's a win. 100% because WWE did state, and this is coming from their website, Beginning in January 2025, Netflix will be the exclusive home for Raw in the United States, Canada, UK, and Latin America, among other territories. WWE are with additional countries and regions to be added over time. Likewise, as part of the agreement, Netflix will also become the home of all WWE shows and specials, premium live events, and so forth outside of the United States. Basically, Netflix is their peacock outside of the United States. Exclusively or inclusive, of Raw and WWE's other weekly shows, SmackDown and NXT will be on Netflix outside of the United States, along with, again, the premium live events. Now, the interesting thing with all of this is it says it starts in January of 25, yet their current deal with the USA Network actually is up at the end of September. So there's a three-month gap there that we don't know where Raw is going to be. Do you think maybe they've signed an extension for those three months with UFC or USA or something? I'd assume so, because the relationship obviously isn't ending with USA SmackDown set to go there. So they might just have a short term deal. It wouldn't surprise me if that's what they announce as part of it, but they're just finalizing anything or it's Mm -hmm. just like it's not big enough to put a whole press release together. Exactly. And I saw someone go, what, we have to watch Raw on YouTube for three months. They're not going to do that. I assume they like went to USA, maybe. And this is just me spitballing, went to USA, maybe, and was like, hey, We need three extra months. What kind of a deal can we put together? And maybe they cut USA a sweetheart deal on the price and everything. So, yeah, that's what I think is going to happen, that it's going to probably just stay on USA till the end of the year. uh, CW will get NXT in October. 
and then Raw or SmackDown will move over to USA in October as well. I do have a, a conspiracy theory that it. I'm going to start when it comes to Raw and Netflix. So do you want it now or do you want to wait a minute? Go for it. We can do it now. All right. So here's my theory. This is completely on no information, nothing. Raw's ratings have continued to drop over the years. People consume differently. I get that. But I wonder, you see SmackDown's ratings being constantly in the two millions, right? 2.5, 2.6, or whatever it may be. Raw's always in the one three, one four, one five. I wonder if this is a way for WWE to not have to worry about those numbers coming out again. Because now, with Netflix, they don't really report ratings. They report how many households that Netflix right. is in. But granted, they haven't done the, the live a lot of the live stuff that might change in the next couple of years when they do more and then uh, do more on that front. But I do wonder if this is a way to kind of mask or fudge some of these numbers. That's the conspiracy I'm starting to buy into solely because I've been thinking loops through this since this announcement came out this morning, because yeah, it was first thing when I woke up and we're getting my kids ready for school. Now I could take that one step further. Think about this. This is not just a U.S. deal. This is a over encompassing with, Canada, the UK, Latin America. Yeah. So they can come out and go, four million people watch Raw this week. That's not a US number. That's a worldwide number as far as they're saying. Yeah. So they can actually not be like, oh, we don't want to put out a low number. Instead, they're gonna put out a number that's like two, three, four times bigger than we get now because it's everywhere. It's not just the US. And they'll say that. They're like, oh, this many people watched Raw on Netflix. And then people are just gonna think, oh wow. They were doing 1.8 last year. Now they're doing four this year, but they're not going to think about, well, that's also adding Canada, also adding the UK, also adding Latin America to that as well. So they can do either way, either the rating, the numbers aren't good enough and they don't say it, or the numbers from every region together are so big, they're going to keep bolstering that and putting that out. Yeah. Yeah. There's ways to fudge numbers. Everybody yep. does it. Everybody will do it. And I think this is part of WWE or TKO's plan to fudge the WWE numbers. Now, I Granted, know, that's just my theory. Right. And I know Nielsen had stated recently that they want to start, you know, reporting and getting the numbers for streaming. But I don't know exactly if that's just going to be like, oh, they're going to get numbers on X amount of people over a month watch this show. Or X amount yeah. of people over a week. Or if they're only going to get numbers for the live content on streaming platforms. That's the other thing they haven't said. Because if Nielsen can get the actual number for how many people in the U.S., that'd be big. But I don't know if they'll even be able to get that with Raw airing in so many different regions. Yeah, and you got to think, they can't even get the actual number of how many people in the United States are watching Raw oh. each week now. Because I, I know pe people probably know, but not everybody who watches Raw is tracked by Nielsen. You still need to be a Nielsen family. I was a Nielsen home for four years. I can, I can attest to all that. So what they do, yeah. literally, they go to everybody's house in the neighborhood and find the one person that'll bite. The, the, they'll pay like 10 bucks a month. To, or not even that much, to be a Nielsen home. And then they take, okay, here's the demographic for your home, and then we'll average it with how many homes are in your neighborhood and then say that many people watch. It's not even accurate. It's 100% not accurate. Yeah, so, I mean, what's nuts to think about at that point is the Nielsen household. I, when I learned about Nielsen years ago and how it actually worked, I sat there and went, all right, the wrestling boom of the late 90s. If 10 million people they said were watching, imagine how much it actually oh, was. Yeah. It's got to be way bigger than the number. <laughs> yeah. And because what it is is basically what, what they told me. I had this little device that was like 
I guess you could say, Velcroed to the bottom of my TV that was listening for a chirp. They said every network has their own special little, like, sound that this device will hear. You'll never hear it, but the device will hear it when you flip to that network, and that will then register, boom, you're watching USA. Boom, you're watching Fox. And then, again, they then take you, your demographic, and average it. So when people go, oh, well, you know, AEW does better with families of four than WWE, there's not really a way to know that because maybe the people that are being tracked through Nielsen are families of four with kids younger and stuff. So whenever I hear that where, oh, AEW does better in the the families or just better in the, the younger demographics, it's really not anything that we can actually know for sure. Yeah, exactly. So but it, it's going to be interesting how they track it. Yeah, I'm hoping that's the one hope I have with the whole move to streaming with everything is that tracking numbers becomes more accurate. So with moving WWE to Netflix, as far as in the United States, people are starting to ask, well, how much is this going to cost me? And Netflix has multiple different tiers as far as what you want to pay. There is a $6.99 a month standard edition, which gives you ads. Or, yeah, and then there's the regular standard edition for $15.49, which that also gives you an extra member slot. And that's the other thing. Netflix has really been cracking down on sharing passcodes. So you can't just be like, oh, my mom's got Netflix. I'll just use hers because I was doing that. And then like a month ago, I tried to log into my house opposed to at her house. And it's like, nope, you're not on your home Wi-Fi anymore. So can't do that. There's workarounds. Oh, I know. And then they also have they also have their premium twenty or twenty two ninety nine a month deal, which if I'm and I'm looking right here on the Netflix website, I don't really see the difference in what you get between the standard uh, and the premium. What exactly is it? Do you know? You, you get Ultra HD. So for the premium, oh. that's how you get four K content. So most people can't even use the premium anyways because most people aren't. Plus, yeah, and you can watch on six things at okay. once, but. How many people are watching it on six different devices right. in their home? I well, mean, granted, if you got a big family in your house or true. whatever, you have roommates, but still. But yeah, the biggest thing is the is the 4K, and you get. Um, I think they offer like their surround their version, like their proprietary surround sound. Mm, okay. Uh, with it, so it's not that great right now. So <laughs> that's not a big selling point to me. But my whole thing is because you know I'm big on technology and knowing how things work. I bet you more than 80% of people don't even have good enough internet to stream fully at 4K anyways all the time. So why pay and for the 4K? That comes, that comes to my biggest problem well, about I mean, this deal, about everything. I mean, like where, streaming. where I grew up, I don't know if you ever heard of Yosemite National Park in California. I grew up mm-hmm. 30 minutes south of that in the mountains, like the, the most mountain area of California. And we grew up with like the worst internet you can have. And there's still really bad internet up there. Like, granted, it's gotten better, but it's like, my friend was like, hey, I'm thinking about getting YouTube TV, but can I borrow your login to test it for a week just to make sure my internet's even good enough before I pay for it? And so it's like, there's still a lot of areas in this country that their internet is not the best, and they can't even use it to stream stuff. I was, uh, in October, I took a trip uh, to a place just outside of Williamsport, Pennsylvania. So just outside where they host Little League World Series. Okay. Uh, the only internet they had available was HughesNet Satellite. Oh. Which works when it wants, but even when it does work, you're getting at most like two megabytes a second. Yeah. And it, it is not good enough for barely 360p mm-hmm. YouTube video watching, let alone trying to stream anything. Right. Um, 
on a single machine. It's it's bad. Uh, and, and the internet infrastructure, my biggest problem has been in this country, in the United States, we're, we haven't gotten the latest numbers yet, but we're at a position where one in five households still don't have access to high-speed, mm-hmm. reliable, high-speed internet. That is going to cross over with the fans. Yes. Of, of wrestling, of anything. And when something goes exclusively to streaming, you're going to have that drop off of people who can't watch because the infrastructure of high speed internet in the United States is below so many <laughs> developed countries. No, it's that- getting better. They mm-hmm. want to get it better, but it's they have work to do. And that goes back to what I was talking about, about where I grew up. Literally, I live in Fresno, California, Central California. We got great internet here. You can get fiber or whatever. I literally go up 30 minutes north, and the internet's just bad there. So in, in Fresno, I pay roughly about 100 bucks for gig speed. When you go up north, 30 minutes, granted, you're driving 30 minutes north. You're going to pay the same price for 25 megabytes uh, down. And... And that's and people don't understand. That's the best they'll give you. Yes. That's not the average. That's not what you're gonna get all the time. When you see something like twenty five down, you better expect like ten to fifteen mm-hmm. on average. And if you have more than one person in a house trying to do anything, you're you're struggling at that point. Exactly. And and uh, I'm looking at your at the chat, and Mike brings up a great point too about Wi Fi. Wi-Fi interference is still a strong Mm -hmm. problem, especially with they have Verizon and T-Mobile have their 5G, like whole home Internet. That's Wi-Fi exclusive. Yep. Like you, you're going to struggle if you try and have multiple things. Microwaves still mess with (laughs) Wi-Fi signals in this day. Uh, That's getting better, but not everybody has like these high efficiency routers and that you need. And it's going to take a lot. Uh, of work to really see to get the casuals right. to to stick around diehards are gonna do it oh yeah oh yeah but and people say well the casual fan doesn't doesn't exist yes it does you just don't hear about it exactly you will and and, and then like you're saying with the the wi-fi speeds and stuff so i live in a house right now that's built in like the 1940s so there's not like an a jack in every room to plug in your your computer hardwired. So we have a Wi-Fi extender node system. And so we pay for gig speed, but I'm maybe going to get 500 down at the best on a good day. Yeah, so, exactly. And and I'm in the same boat. I'm in a house built in the 60s. I've had to, and I'm working on currently still. Like my office, I have jacks, mm-hmm. a couple other rooms, but I have to manually mm-hmm. run yeah. Cat 8 cables through the entire uh, through the entire house just to get enough secure but again that's what i do for a living that's part of my job is working in tech Mm -hmm. and it like it's easy for me yeah same we are not (laughs) who's going to have the issues yep and that's who i feel the worst for the person who had to find reliable internet the people who have to have three different services in the united states at minimum you're going to need a cable subscription, whatever it is, over the uh, online TV or whatever for, for SmackDown, Peacock, or at least for two more years for pay-per-views, and then Netflix in a year for Raw. Right. And the people will, will constantly come and go, well, everybody has Netflix now, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, not everybody no. has it. A lot of people do. A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. 
A lot of people do, and they don't remember that they still have it. <laughs> but not everybody has it. And Netflix, they have a year to figure out their live streaming issues because when they did it uh, for Love is Blind. I heard it's bad. My God, I do it. I don't like those shows. I check it out for the technology because at the time I was on a, on a, on a hardware and uh, networking beat for an outlet I worked okay. for. So I check it out for the technology and it was brutal, wow. downright brutal. People missed half the show. It was buffering. It, it was an awful, awful uh situation where they have if we thought the transition to peacock was bad when wwe mm. network moved over to peacock in the states where they had very minimum features and things like that which right. they still do on a lot of platforms you still can't pause and rewind pay-per-views when they're live on a lot of hardware depending on what you're using mm. uh netflix has a lot of work to do granted they can make it happen and mm. they better based on this deal that they're spending money on but and with their working on wanting to get more rights into Formula One and, and more live sports like that, they have to to figure it out. And the clock's ticking now because they have 11 months. Yeah, and that's kind of what uh, Nick Khan was asked about on the Pat McAfee show today. They were like, hey, we have a couple questions on this. And he was like, all I'm going to, because he was also asked, is it staying on Monday? Now, we do know that the show will be live. Mark Shapiro, the COO of... TKO did say that this is a deal for Raw to be live, which I guess now that means live coast to coast, unlike with the USA Network, where it's 8 o'clock no matter where you live. So if you're on the East Coast, it's 8 o'clock there. If you're on the West Coast, it's 8 o'clock there. I would assume this is now a live coast to coast deal where technically you could still watch on the West Coast Raw live at 5 o'clock here if you have like the USA app or the USA Network. But I think now you just load up Netflix at whenever it says it's going to start and everyone watch it at the same time. But they were asked, you know, is it all going to work good? Are they going to stay on Mondays, this and that? And all really, Nikon was like, well, we've got 10 and a half months to figure it all out. I would say as of right now, the deal is for Raw to stay on Mondays, but things can always change. And again, we have, he said, he said it twice. We have 10 and a half months to make sure everything is smooth for that transition over. Yeah. Ten and a half months isn't a long time, though. Right in in this field in in technology, so they 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 then they know that mm -hmm. they're not stupid. Like they fully are. No, ten and a half months isn't a long time. But th the the day it airs is the least of their concerns. Right, it's all about the infrastructure and making sure it works. Because they could air at three in the morning, but if it works, then yay. So we do have a super chat question here from Big Matt. He says, according to WWE's own website, there was roughly 1 billion homes with cable slash satellite that could view the programming. Netflix has 248 million subs. Make it, uh, it makes sense. They purely did it for the money. Well, okay, that's 248 million subs, I believe, worldwide for Netflix. I think in the U.S., it's like... 70 and Dave Meltzer was talking about this earlier. It's like 79 million subscribers in the US, which compared to Yeah, that's it. That was as of like their last report right. in November or whatever they and did. And when yeah. you think about it, USA Network has a reach of about 77 million. So it's not that big of a new viewer jump, 77 to 79 compared to USA to Netflix. So that's the other thing. It's like people thinking, oh, 248 million subs. Yeah worldwide again we're talking about this they're going to be bolstering these numbers because they're going to talk about the worldwide number not just the u.s numbers anymore as far as the show and the viewership does go 
And, and there's one thing too. And again, we talked about Nielsen not being totally accurate, right? Mm. WWE has always had that the wrestling audience of like the really old, yeah, fifty plus. Like, yeah, a lot of them. We we all have parents. A lot of us are the tech person in their family, where it's yep. like, I can't get it working. Can you help me, Billy? Like, I don't. That is going to be tough for the, some of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's a lot of tech savvy people. WWE, what I'm hoping to see, and this is just they, like what type of, and this is a completely different <laughs> discussion for a whole nother time, is how they target the content at that point. Yes. Because there is going to be the, the, the Gen Alpha, the Gen Z, and then the Millennials know how to use it for the most part. The people with access to access to the good internet and everything know how to use it. How are they going to target their content if they're going to, are they going to change it? Because though at the end of the day, the 50 plus seem to just be there no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but will they lose off and how much of that 50 plus really makes up of that audience? So I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens there. I mean, my grandparents passed away, what, four or five years ago. And I can tell you at that time, they didn't even have internet in their house because they wouldn't have known how to use it. They just had cable with the two, three TVs in the house plugged in. And my grandpa knew, oh, channel whatever was where I watched Raw on Mondays. He would have no clue. And think about it. My grandfather, and I'll say right now, has a fourth grade education from Italy. And so, and nothing against Italy. I'm just saying, they've migrated from Italy. He didn't no farther than fourth grade. So he's not going to even be able to learn how to use a streaming device, let alone set up Netflix. And if it logs him out, then what is he going to do? Like, he would have no clue. That TV would probably be broken with him throwing the remote at it. And so... <laughs> Yeah, no, like I said, my grandparents passed away about five years ago or so, and they didn't even have Wi-Fi or internet in their house because they didn't need it, and they didn't use anything that would have needed it. I'm going to date myself. My grandfather stopped watching WWE for five years because Raw jumped from USA to TNS. (laughs) He just stopped. He's like, I don't want to find a new channel. Done. That's funny. All right. He went back to USA. I remember telling him, and he started watching. (laughs) Heck, watching... WWE programming and old Western movies. It's how my grandfather learned to speak English when they moved out here. Yeah. Mine was just not how he learned to speak English. It's just what he liked. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be those people that are just like, yeah, I don't know how this works. I don't know what you're talking about. I guess I can't watch anymore. So, yeah. And I hope they do something for them. Right. Even if it like putting together uh how to get ready for the transition, mm-hmm thing will go a long way and i'm sure i'm sure they will i right. i'm i can guarantee i'd put money on that that they will try and make it as seamless as possible but there are people who are going to struggle yeah and and, and I, f- I feel bad for them like i was saying like take these people that are not technologically savvy if they get logged out then what are they going to do if they don't know how to log in and granted we lived four hours from my grandparents so we couldn't just i couldn't just be like oh let me come over in 20 minutes and fix it for you yeah exactly like, so I'm doing that now with my mother and her Netflix account. She lives 20 minutes away from me, but I still have to constantly. <laughs> I'm the same get way that up and running. I'm the same with my mom and like my mom knows what she's doing. But for some reason, every like two weeks, we get logged out of the Disney plus and then it's like, oh, your password doesn't work. Well, why? I don't know. Make a new password. And then we're like, OK, so, yeah, it's just super annoying. Yeah. And I for going back to the pricing quick, I fully expect Netflix to that six ninety nine tier. Oh, it's going to go, go away. It's going to, I can almost guarantee the minimum will be at least $10 by the time this deal goes in. So, when, um, go for it. So, 
just because of what they're trying to do. Right. Like I said, they got to justify that 500 bill. So with the pricing comes how the show is actually going to be structured. And we do have some news on that for CNBC's Alex Sherman, who sent out a tweet stating, quote, a new detail for the, N- uh, for the Netflix slash Raw deal. For Netflix subs that don't get ads, the vast majority, Raw matches will still be scripted around commercial breaks. So you'll get some non-important match action, sustained headlocks, instead of commercials when you won't get ads. And this is similar to if you watch AEW programming on AEW Plus through Fight TV in the UK, where no commercials air, but they do have to structure the show around commercials for other regions, other places. So that's going to be the thing, is you're going to still have the uh, Monday Night Raw airing like it normally does now, as far as, oh, big dive, go to commercial, big move, go to commercial, because there is that tier of Netflix that runs commercials. Plus, there are other countries that are not going to be on the Netflix deal that are still going to need to run their commercials as well. So we're just going to see, you know, wrestling with no commercials if you have those higher tiers. And it's just going to be like Alex says here, low parts of the matches are going to be the commercial breaks. Yeah, what they do in picture in picture now. Right. Uh, I'm interested. There will be a transition, a bunch. I expect the first maybe like month mm-hmm. of that transition to Netflix to have hiccups on like the timing during right. a match of that type of stuff. But one thing, and maybe this is one thing the they can steal from AEW. AEW has learned how to really utilize picture in picture. Yes. Like at least for a while, like the Tony storm stuff that they, she does during picture in picture is hilarious for the people who can still get the audio while they're watching. <laughs> so like those on fight or when Sammy Guevara did the cue cards mm-hmm. and he would just do the cue cards during picture in picture. Like they can find other ways too to fill in that time and make it really entertaining. And they will like, there should not be a wasted minute. Right. And so WWE doesn't really do much picture in picture outside of the NXT shows. Cause like, it's weird. USA gives them picture in picture for NXT, but we never see it for Raw. We've seen seen it very, very sparingly over the last like two years. But that's a, a one thing that's always been like, okay, why are you doing picture in picture for NXT, but you don't do it for Raw? You would think that it'd be very beneficial, like last night when that New Day um, Imperium match started during the break. Yeah, and I don't mind that type of stuff. I wish they would do right. it more. Uh, my only problem with picture in picture, and this is like, like, you know nitpicky make the picture a little bit bigger true a little bit just and, a little bit bigger and i also do get it when it's a picture in picture then the sponsors the are pay, they're paying less for that ad as well you're getting less because it's not fully focused on the full screen so that could be yeah. a thing too and we 100 percent. and we've always heard you know it's harder to sell commercials for wrestling than any other program on tv because they think wrestling fans are dumb and won't spend money which I don't know where that comes from, but that's always been a thing, apparently. Wrestling fans will spend money if yeah. their kids want to spend the money. Oh, yeah. that's. I mean, that's a big reason why WWE went to targeting kids in, in the late 2000s because mm. of that. So, Wrestling fans will spend money if things are worth spending money on. That's uh, true. My biggest thing, I made a, uh, a, a post about this, and one of my first thoughts, there's a phrase I like to live by. Uh, piracy... And this comes to that piracy isn't a a product problem. It's a a service problem. And that is where I have a worry. Now, WWE, if they make it harder to get their product, people are just going to go for the easiest way to get it. And that could include piracy. Mm. You're going to, there's so many sites. Cause again, you're going to need three services for at least a year, if not longer to watch 
everything possibly minimum of two which is what we have now but if they keep making it harder and things keep getting more expensive each service more expensive and people are like oh in order to watch all wwe i have to spend 150 dollars a month there's a lot of sites that are gonna be making a lot of money and i'm kind of wondering how they're gonna combat that because ufc and tko like dana white has been a proponent against going after the people streaming and providing the illegal streams nothing has stopped the illegal streams right nada thing and nothing will stop the illegal streams but again you have to be in the know to find these things the older demographic won't be same with the vpn stuff people are like oh well if it's in canada just get a vpn and log into canada's a canada server and and go from there it's like yeah but a lot of the nor a lot of people aren't going to know how to do that or want to do the time to install a vpn on their tv and mm-hmm. It's just, this is where I got a lot of pushback of calling this an anti-consumer thing. And maybe anti-consumer was too harsh, but it's definitely not a consumer-friendly deal. I didn't find it a consumer-friendly deal when Amazon right. took the Thursday Night Football rights. Like, I get that's where we're going. Oh. I watch streaming all the time. Mm. But I also feel until we hit the point where everybody can easily access it, there needs to be the easy option for people to... uh to get it the way they always have right and it's I mean, kind of like like with amazon at least with thursday night football right or an espn game if you don't have cable or you don't have the streaming service but your home team is playing they will air it locally on over-the-air television okay see that i didn't know so like the buffalo bills when they were playing on thursday night football and they're playing on monday night football they put it on over-the-air tv so you okay. can still watch in the market because some people just have an antenna right and that's type of stuff I'd like to see. Like, I think, like, call me crazy. I think NXT is going to get the biggest bump out of their next. Oh, deal yeah. Oh, yeah. Compared to anything. I mean, granted, CW does the lowest ratings of any of the network networks, like any of the broadcast networks. But I think NXT is going to help them a lot. They're also going to have NASCAR coming to CW as well. So they're going to have to give full Xfinity series there and don't get me started on NASCAR's new TV deal with moving stuff to Amazon and all that. That's just another jump. Have you heard that one? I'm yeah. That's one thing I'm happy. At least WWE didn't go to Amazon. Okay. Because Amazon like Netflix, you can spend six, $7 a month for, for Netflix and you'll be able to get it right. As as of now, seven bucks. So what does that equate to less than a hundred dollars a year? Hmm. Amazon Prime is $140 a year. Oh, at least. And they're going to be adding they're they're going to be removing features and raising the price. Mm-hmm. Now they're putting ads on Prime Video which used to be free. So yep. for a higher price, they're taking the ad free away unless you pay more. Granted, you get the 2-day shipping, but 90% of the time your 2-day shipping's late anyway. Oh, I've had something so- I had something I ordered for my daughter's birthday at the beginning of the month, and it still hasn't come. Yeah. So, I, I just, like, I'm happy if it was going to go to a ser- streaming service, Netflix would have been, the, like, ESPN or Netflix right. are better than Amazon. The more, anytime something goes to Amazon for streaming, I get really upset about it uh, because I don't like how they do it. It's, right. like, the way that they're pricing and they don't just make it. I only want video. Right. I don't want the prime. I don't want the shipping because there's people who now would have or who say would have like NASCAR fans like you and I. Mm-hmm. Right. NASCAR has a big rural audience. Oh, yeah. Where they can't get Amazon shipping. 
mm-hmm. two days. It's impossible because they have to go through a local post office. Yep. <laughs> yep. So then they'd be paying. They're going to be paying for Prime. This is getting off the rails a little bit, but they'll be paying for Prime. Part the biggest selling point is the two day shipping, but they don't. They can't use it. They don't need it. And there's no way to just get video. Exactly. So like at least like they have to make it more consumer friendly to where and uh, get what you want and only what you want their biggest thing against cable was it not being a la carte enough and now they're turning into cable where and you can't get things a la carte yeah and it's like with the nascar thing going off on that a little bit it is a weird structure that they're doing where first half of the year all practice of qualifying is on amazon and then the races are on fox so is it gonna be two separate broadcast teams running on a concurrent weekend probably that's gonna be weird because i like going into a weekend watching qualifying hearing Clinton Boyer give his thoughts and then be able to say, look, I was correct during the race. Now we're going to have other people talking during practice of qualifying and then not the same people. It's just going to be so weird. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. We'll see. Like there, There's a lot. There is a lot and, that everybody needs to figure out. But yeah, I just want, I want things to be easy for yes. the consumer. And the whole point of cutting the cord was to do that. And now uh, there's a YouTuber video game donkey. So many people know who he is. One of the biggest gaming YouTubers. Mm. He put up a video a couple weeks ago on how to watch streaming. <laughs> it is the most convoluted thing. Right. And it really opens it. Pokemon, for example. You need like nine different services in order to watch Pokemon, the animated series, from oh, start yeah. to finish. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nine or eight. I, I might be, I, it might be over-exaggerated. You need more than five. Yeah. <laughs> And that is where we're getting into, and that's what I'm starting to hate. But using the NASCAR thing as an example, I was going to tie that back into WWE and what um, Nick Khan said on the Pat McAfee show today. So I was asking you, are we going to get a Amazon broadcast team for the practice of qualifying, and then the Fox team is only doing the races, and then it's like, okay, so now you have more people that have to be at the track, more equipment that has to be brought to the racetrack. What Nick Khan was saying is, one thing that Netflix loved about us is they pay us the money. We take care of everything else. We're producing yeah. the show. We've got our own teams doing all the stuff at the show. They don't have to send anybody there. They just say, hey, we're going to license the content for our platform. And boom, there we go. Unlike all these other sports outside of UFC does their own stuff as well. But all the other sports where it's like, no, you're going to do the, pro- the production and all that. That's another thing yeah. that makes WWE so much more of a hotter commodity because it's like, oh, we just pay you this much money and you do the work? Okay. Yeah, exactly. And and that then every that's why they get the money they do. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like you're not just paying to air the show. Or you're not you're I mean, you're paying to just air the show, but that's not what they're getting the money for. They're getting mm. money to do everything. They're you are airing the show and you're marketing the show. Yep. Because you want to get your return on investment, so they know you're going to spend your own money to market. So it's going to be interesting. Like I said, there's ten and a half months till this deal does go into play. Like like we both uh, predicted earlier, we assume they're probably just going to cut a deal with USA to extend those three months, and then go from there. Because I think from what I read this morning, the reason it's not starting till January is because that's when their international deals also expire, and they want everything to start at the same time. Yeah, because I know they had the Sportsnet deal in Canada. I live very close to Canada, like 10 minutes. So I'm there all the time. And okay. yeah, they, uh, they their Sportsnet deal ends there around that same time. So yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. it, it all makes sense why they're doing it. I just wish 
it was easier for the that, that's what it comes down to i wish it was easier for for fans like i don't just think about well i can do it so yay right i i've never been there like if i can do it then big whoop i want the people who are i feel i feel for the people who will ultimately be losing it because it's more than people think yeah i i honestly can see this being a benefit for WWE's YouTube channel as well because the people that are no longer going to watch Raw live, they're just going to watch the clips on YouTube, the five minutes here. Oh, here's half of this match here on YouTube. I'll just watch it there an hour after the show. Granted, that's how I watched WWE programming for a good three <laughs> years during that, before AEW, from like 2016 to 2018. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm, I couldn't sit through full shows. Oh, yeah. It was so bad. It was so down and depressing that I couldn't do it. And speaking of that full show thing, we don't know if it's going to stay three hours or if it's going to maybe go back to two hours on Netflix. That's the other big question that has not been addressed as well. (laughs) I would love two hours. No wrestling show other than pay-per-view should be more than two hours. Very true. And Triple H has done a good job of streamlining, you know, six, seven match card, three and a half hours, boom, we're in, boom, we're out. So Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm still a proponent of make pay-per-views. Like, I was watching the Royal Rumble, like, 2011 with my son the other day because he's really getting into wrestling, my six-year-old. Nice. And it was two hours and 49 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, what an amazing day wow. that was. <laughs> now that's just, a like... five-match card right? with, with, with a Royal Rumble. And I'm like, I'm okay. Give me a, two Royal Rumble matches and two other matches. And so, make the pay-per-view three hours. And so far, that's all we got right now for this weekend. We've got the two Rumble matches, the the four-way for the WWE belt, and then the U.S. title match. So I can maybe see them adding one more thing. But other than that, I think this show's going to be pretty good and a good, a good as far as length goes. Because, like, we've learned yeah. Triple H is not going to go out there and be like Vince and put 10 matches or even like Tony Khan and put 8 to 10, 12 matches on a show. No, and I was okay. Like, what was it? SummerSlam 2000, I think, had 11 matches. And only like three of them were able to breathe. But <laughs> I'm also ADD brain, and I'm like, cool, give me a hot shot match. Yeah. I'm, I'm, give me a fast paced, fast paced four minute match. That's why I loved Brock versus Goldberg at WrestleMania 33. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? That match was so good because it was just finish, 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 done. I've, I've always said that's probably my favorite, if not the best sub five minute match I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. It was just. Start to finish, balls to the wall, nonsense, and I loved it. Yeah. So, again, there's 10 months or so till this deal does go into effect. I know a bunch of news is going to drop over that time exactly what this means for this, what this means for that. They did also state that, just like with Peacock and stuff, they're going to get exclusive documentaries to Netflix. So we're going to get that stuff as well. And then the other big question is for those people outside of the United States, if they are basically just taking the WWE network and putting it to Netflix. Are they going to get all that old retro content that we get on Peacock? That's the other big question. Are they going to move all that over to Netflix as well? Cause I think, what is it in Canada? I, everything's on Rogers. I believe there's still a WWE network. I thought, but I might be wrong. I know overseas there's the WWE network for everything too, but I, I wonder what is the WWE network going away except for right. like very specific markets well, and like them in Northern Africa I know and that, Asia and stuff. I and, know that in some regions, they've got a deal where it's all on Hulu. Like, they've got a deal where it's on Hulu. And then I know, like, they had a deal in India with Sony 6 that had all the Netflix, Netflix yeah. or net, uh, network content. And so with this deal, are they going to move everything just to Netflix? And what are you going to get? What are you not going to get? So, so many questions to be answered. So much time. 
to if everything moves out. from Peacock, if everything moves from Peacock to Netflix on that front, I will be the first one shouting at the rooftops. Yay! I can't. I Peacock is the worst of the accessible streaming services as far as like speed of the app and loading times and buffering and things like like. Here's I've the, used them all, and it's just Netflix beats everything. Oh yeah, when it comes to quality and performance and ease of finding what you want and anything like that they try peacock tries but i don't think it's good at all now other than you can't find anything most of the time when you search it on peacock i usually don't have issues and i use peacock quite often to watch stuff so i i see everyone that's always complaining and i've had issues with peacock but it's very rare that i have a peacock issue which is for me i'm just like okay i guess i'm in the minority yeah there, i've I get pushback on that a lot too. And it's like, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. The fact like I'll, every pay-per-view I watch, I get down, it knocks down to 480p and it buffers and mm. things like that. And on my, right. t- my smart TV, um, you still can't rewind and buffer or rewind or pause a live show. If like, oh, right. someone's yeah. at the door, my food's here. I got to pause real quick. Can't do that unless it's a, uh, unless the show's already end. You can't do that with live uh, broadcast still. So it, it's an annoying but it only seems to be with WWE that it happens with. Hmm. So it, it's an annoying thing, but we'll we'll see what happens. We don't know. That deal doesn't end until 2026, I believe. So Yeah, the end of 26. We, uh, we have a while to go to find out what they do with that. But if that leads to everything going to Netflix, then I will take back my complaints right now about anti-consumer and it not being friendly. So the final thing I want to talk about with the Netflix deal is the length of the deal. Because... It could be, this deal could be anywhere from a five-year deal to a 20-year deal, dependent on Netflix. So right now, it is, they're saying a 10-year deal. But terms are that if Netflix is not satisfied after five, they can cut it. After 10, if Netflix wants, they have an option to pick it up for, I think it's another five or 10 there. So this could go anywhere from a five-year deal all the way up to a 20-year deal depending on how well it is for Netflix. Not for WWE. WWE apparently, and I could have read it wrong, WWE has no say on the length. It's all Netflix. That's what I read too, yeah. Yeah. And that is, you know, good for Netflix. Good. That is a good for both sides type of thing because if, if WWE granted 500 million a year is not going to be what 500 million a year is in 20, what? 34 yeah. or 35 but i'd assume that if they pick it up for another 10 there's like a percentage bump automatically like there's no way it would just be oh we'll just do it for another 500 million and because it's not that's not how that works yeah because WWE would have been dumb to sign that one yeah because there's you know, no way they did you know WWE likes to do their new rights deal and then they say oh we're getting an increase in this but if they're stuck on the same deal for 20 years that wouldn't have yeah. i don't think it would have been re- as receptive as it is exactly so for the stock, that wouldn't be good. But for the company, it's like, hey, we're here, 20 years, whatever. You don't got to worry about Yeah. Yeah. And I, like in my brain, I'm like, I don't think it's going to last 20 years. I think it's going to maybe do the 10 and then go from there. But I have no knowledge on that. It's just me saying, I think they do their 10 and then evaluate from there on both sides. But again, yeah, the way it reads is this is all in Netflix's hands. And WWE really, if, they, if WWE after 10 years says, we don't like this deal, but Netflix says we're picking up the option, it sounds like WWE doesn't have the right to say no, unless there's something yeah. that hasn't come out yet. My only worry <clears throat> right now is when the Peacock deal ends. That my biggest worry is what they do with pay-per-views. Yes. Will pay-per-views jump to Netflix and will they stay as like, you're paying for it. You get it. Mm. 
or are they going to go the ESPN plus UFC route where you get the show, but pay-per-views you're going to, you got to buy again. That is going to be, especially at that point, after 12 years of the network yep. and it being included, that I think is going to be the hardest ask. Exactly. Right, granted, and that's a cross bridge when we come to it, but I, I, I can't help but think to the future with all of this stuff. And, and that's a thing that fans have been asking about since this TKO merger, because that's what UFC does. So when the Peacock deal is over, does that mean that maybe TKO goes, hey, we got this good deal with ESPN Plus, let's throw WWE over there, and then we get the same thing with ESPN and UFC with WWE. Hopefully not, because I like just paying one flat fee every month and not having to spend 50 60 70 80 dollars a month i think it's 90 if you want the hd version of the pay-per-view with ufc yeah and that's that is obnoxious like i will never buy a, a ufc pay-per-view for for that reason like, um i can't spend 90 dollars. like i can spend 90 dollars and go to a, a, a concert yeah that's more fun to me heck $90 to watch something on my television is not. I can throw in an extra 20 on that, drive down to LA and go to Universal Studios for a whole day you, and have fun. So You can spend less by the UFC video game and put on the there card you yourself. Right. So that's going to be the big question is what happens when the, the Peacock deal is done. That's a totally separate thing. But it's something we have to think about now because they have this deal with Netflix. And it could, you know, be something where we're seeing it internationally. Everything's going to go to Netflix. And so that's the big thing is... We'll know what the Netflix model is going to be for pay-per-view starting in January with next year's Royal Rumble when those people in Canada, the UK, and Latin America have to get the Royal Rumble through Netflix. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm ex I'm <clears throat> cautiously optimistic about mm -hmm. how everything works out, but I'm I'm still extremely worried. And my whole thing is like people groan about having to spend fifty dollars a month for an AEW pay-per-view. They go to ESPN Plus and they ask you to spend ninety. Oh my god. Yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> and that's the thing like for us aw fight tv man yeah like sure if they go to month to month it's going to be more money but it's still cheaper than paying it through my cable oh yeah well plus if you if you do it right and you share your fight tv friend code and then people buy a pay-per-view off your friend code you get credits and then essentially can buy the pay-per-view for free with your credits bingo exactly so, so it, it plus fight tv has been a great thing because i get to watch a bunch of indie yep. shows as we move forward off of the Netflix deal, another big deal was announced today as The Rock has been named to the board of directors for TKO hold Groups Holding, the parent company of WWE. And I have seen some people try to go, oh, they probably did this because they wanted to combat the Netflix news. They thought maybe the Netflix news would not go well and that this news would help that and this and that. The two, I don't think, fully have anything to do with one or the other. And I've seen, so when the stock opened this morning or closed yesterday, it was like $77. And then it jumped up to, I think, 92 today. And now it's sitting at, last I checked, it was 80-something. TKO stock. It's sitting at $89. It's actually gone up a little bit in the last, like, hour. So it's gone down a little. I think the peak it hit was 95 and then it like hovered, it dropped down to like 87, but now it's like right around 89, 90. So I don't think, I think the Netflix deal helped the WWE and the TKO stock, but with The Rock coming in, I don't think that is really going to have that much of an impact on the stock. Honestly, The Rock is coming in as a board member to the TKO. 
And I just think it says a figurehead, to be completely honest. The face of the brand. The Rock loves WWE. We know The Rock loves the UFC. Now he can do stuff with both of those, and they're going to be paying him. Over the next, I think it is, till 2025, he will get four installments of stock that uh, add up to $30 million in TKO stock. I just get, like, a percent of that. (laughs) Right. I could pay off a lot of stuff with a percent of $30 million. And honestly, I haven't seen anybody really say this, but I think Rock getting this stock, and I could be wrong here not knowing much about stocks, the Rock getting it in four incremental payments, I think is actually better for him. Now, I could be wrong here. Is it he's getting them all at one singular stock price? Or if the stock goes up by the time his first payment and his second payment, he's technically making more off that? Or is it still just $30 million encompassing overall? I don't it, think it's it a- varies. It varies. Like <laughs> in my mind, my mind is like, all right, you get your stock, right? You get whatever you get 10 million in mm. stock. Okay. Well, if the stock drops, then you're getting more shares at that point. Right. And then you hope it goes up. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what but, my but, question was going to be. Yeah. Is it but, the 30 million? That's how many that's a, it's not just $30 million worth of stock. It's $30 million. And then however much 30 million is worth at that time is how many shares he's going to get. Okay. Gotcha. That'd be my assumption is whatever it's worth at that time. They have an allocation of like 25% now, 25%, whatever that 25% financial is worth. However many shares I can get you at that point, that's what you get. Not $30 million worth of shares, what they are now spread out over that time. So technically he wants it to dip a little bit and then go back up and then dip a little bit and go back up. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the perfect way to play it. Will it happen? If, imagine if he negotiated in his deal, he can choose when he gets his payout. It's like, oh, right? I dropped 15% today because another Vince scandal. Uh, <laughs> you know, give me it now. Dana White slapped his wife again. They're not ma- They're not happy with yeah. TKO. Yeah, give, give me it now. And then three weeks later, like they announced like, oh, UFC's putting on a fight at Wembley and it's selling right. 120,000 tickets. I want to sell. Like, yeah. <laughs> So that's going to be an interesting one, too, to see. I mean, we'll never know how many shares he fully gets, but it's just an interesting one to see if that ever comes out about how he's going to get these payments and when he's going to get these payments of the $30 million in stock. Like, holy yeah. crap. But so as far as, like, him being on the board, they also had stated that he's still going to do other things with WWE separate of this. So he'll still get... Like whenever he comes in and does an appearance or if he does do that match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, that's going to be a separate wrestler payment. Just like with Triple H. Triple H and Stephanie were getting their executive check and their wrestler checks. So yeah. Rock's still going to get no different, a yeah. lot of money here from all things encompassing. And Rock didn't make a couple appearances on TV today. And he talked in a way to me. Like, this Roman match might not happen this year. It could happen at WrestleMania 41 instead. The way he was speaking yeah. was like, I want the long game. I want this built up to mean something. And so it almost felt like three months may not be enough for what he wants the story to be. And as he said recently on the Pat McAfee show, he wanted to build a match with Roman in a way that's never been built before. And so maybe that does need the long build like he had with John Cena over those two WrestleManias. I hope not. I really hope not in a way. Okay. I don't want to say I hope not like 
and all-encompassing idea because if it gets me cody and roman at mania yay this year i don't think unless they did something like the night after mania where they perfectly set it up but i feel like teasing it when they did it gets a lot of people talking and taking that away then will lead people to go then why do i get invest why would i get invested at this point so just a theory here fan speculation fantasy booking what if rock is at wrestlemania we know he's there whether he's announced as the host like wrestlemania uh 2011 when he went and started the whole thing with john cena and this is where i'm getting this idea from what if now i don't want him to help cody win cody needs to win by himself pin roman take the title this and that but what if Cody wins, he celebrates, and just like when Cody sat in the ring and just soaked in the loss, Roman does the same thing this year. Rock comes out and, like, takes the lay from him or does something where, like, yeah, you ain't no head of the table, and then they start it. That's the start of the build for the match. Who's the real head of the table there? And then you go a full year of teases back and forth. And with The Rock being even bigger now than he was in 2011, I think he can even parlay this into mainstream stuff where you get him and Roman on The Tonight Show. You get him and Roman on SNL doing stuff back and forth. So there, there's yeah, a theory there. I think my, my worry <laughs> then becomes you have The Rock, you know, at that point, he's another year older. He's almost 54 years old at that point. Right. Um, so or 53. He turns 52 this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he'll be 53. And then you have Roman at 40 at that point. Like, it, it's just... A lot can happen in that time, and if you start to tease it, I'm always that you never know who's going to be around. So, so <laughs> it, it worries me the idea. I I think I would like to see it put it at uh, SummerSlam, but if okay. SummerSlam's happening in Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> I don't think they're going to do the Rocket. No offense to Cleveland, right? Actually, Cleveland take all offense. <laughs> I, the Browns suck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they're going to put Rock and Roman in Cleveland. Yeah, you know Rock's going to want to be wherever the biggest eyeballs are, and that's WrestleMania. But here's my yeah. thing. Did you notice how blown up he was after doing, like, two things to gender? Yes. And I think <clears throat> I'm not too worried about that because I feel like if he's training for a match, he will work to make right. sure he's not that case. Yeah, because I've seen the comparisons of, well, he's, what, 50-something years old. Look at our truth in Jericho. They're still going no problem. Yeah, but they're going almost Full every time. week. Exactly. There's a and that's big difference. Job. Yes. There's a big difference of, oh, I'm wrestling at least one match a week compared to I'm wrestling one match every decade. Yeah, ex- exactly. Like they, the Rock himself has said, there's a difference between being in shape and having good cardio and being in ring shape. Yeah. I still get to say I saw as of now the Rock's, uh, the Rock's last WrestleMania match or nice. wrestling match. I got to see his great win over Eric Rowan. <laughs> so, with all of this, there's not much to the story. It is a kind of a big story because it's like, oh, The Rock is now on the board. But what does that really mean? Is he going to make decisions for the company? Probably not. I think he's going to do this more as a face of the brand. He is now the face of TKO. Yeah, who knows how much voting power he'll have. Right. Uh, he'll have a vote now. Yes. Um, I think this is what I think it sets up. I think it sets up The Rock to be the official face of WWE when Vince is gone. Right. Well, and the UFC, because we know he loves yeah. UFC, too. Yeah. But I, I think it was more WWE wanted it because True. it's like, well, <clears throat> Vince, everybody knows Vince McMahon. For better or worse, Vince is WWE. Mm-hmm. The idea of 
Triple H becoming that, I don't think tickles the fancy of investors as much. Right. No matter how much we love him and how much he lives, breathes, and sweats his business, which we know he does. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea of The Rock, the biggest star, global superstar to ever come out of pro wrestling, ever, and no one can argue with that, that gets turns way more heads than a Triple H or John Cena or whatever exactly. it may be. So the other big news to come out of this is that with him becoming a board member, WWE has transferred the rights, the legal rights of the name The Rock to Dwayne Johnson. And then in turn, he has now signed a licensing agreement deal with WWE, allowing them to use the name. But now he no longer has to go back to them and get approval for things to use the name himself. Hence why there was that period when he was acting, when it was just Dwayne Johnson is in this movie. Dwayne Johnson, because he would have to go to WWE and be like, hey, I'm going to do this movie. This, this is what I heard. He would have to go to WWE and go, yep. I'm going to do this movie. I want to be billed as Dwayne The Rock Johnson. What do you guys think? And then they would have to approve, yeah, you can use The Rock name. And so that's why people were like telling him back in the day, distance yourself from wrestling. You're just Dwayne Johnson. Go from there. And then eventually he realized, nope, there's more cachet in being Dwayne The Rock Johnson and I'll do it like this, yeah. but him getting the name now and then telling WWE, okay, now you guys can use it still with my approval on things. It's just reversal of roles. But I think that's the big, never, I think that's the bigger that's, thing in the whole in this whole story. Yeah, for him especially. I'm still <laughs> shocked we've never gotten a, a remake of the movie The Rock starring Dwayne Johnson. Because <laughs> then it's easy. Right. Uh, but yeah, the Dwayne, you hear Dwayne Johnson, there's still people who go, I I, I think I know the name. Yeah. Like you show him everybody, you show him everybody knows him. But if you hear Dwayne Johnson, there are going to be people like, oh, but if you hear The Rock, yeah, that The is Rock is The Rock. Mm -hmm. And then he can be advertised as The Rock when he makes special appearances. Yeah, true. Like it's not Dwayne Johnson throwing on the lower third anymore. It will say have The Rock and everybody's like The Rock. Yeah, you don't like, even need to use the name Dwayne. Like you can do Dwayne The Rock Johnson because we all know that now. But if you just want to just say the Rock, there you go. Everyone knows who that is. Yeah. So I think that's the bigger story here than him being on the board. Because, again, I don't think he really has any. He's got the smallest of say probably on that board. Yeah, for now, at least. We'll right. see what happens if it works out and they want to give him more say <clears throat> when Vince is gone. Then maybe they will, but who knows? Like, granted, he's already got <clears throat> a lot of say in WWE now. He calls him up and goes, hey, you're going to be near where I'm going to be? Okay, I'm showing up tonight. Like, he can up, just give me someone to beat up. Yeah. And he could do that whenever he wants, and they're never going to say no, especially now with his relationship with Nick Khan and how close that they've always been. But it's like, does that him being able to just do whatever he wants in the company grow more now that he's on the board or no? I don't really think it's going to change. Not anytime soon if it does yeah. at all. It's not like he's going to go in there and be like, oh, you want this match for WrestleMania? Oh, well, I think so. That doesn't work yeah. for me. No, nope. yeah. that doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be going, brother. I don't like that, brother. I don't think he's going to be doing that at all. So speaking of Nick Khan really fast, I wanted to get your opinion on this. I don't know if you... Yeah. So did you see him on McAfee at all today? Uh, I caught about half of it before I got pulled away. Did you hear the Tim Tebow story? Yes. So for anyone that doesn't know... I, guess, I think Tim Tebow could have easily... Well, yeah, get to the story. So yeah. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm knowing correctly, Nick Khan was Tim Tebow's agent, right? Yep. Okay. So Tim Tebow had just been released from the New England Patriots and Nick Khan gets a phone call from Triple H and is like, hey, we got WrestleMania coming up. We have a plan that maybe we want to do a match where it's Tim Tebow versus The Big Show. And then 
Nikon says, I then go and have a super secret meeting with Tim Tebow, Triple H, Paul Levesque, and Vince McMahon about possibly doing Tim Tebow versus The Big Show at whatever WrestleMania that would have been. I forget. I don't He didn't say the date. He didn't know the exact date or year. But whatever WrestleMania that would have been, I could look it up really. I could just find Tebow and see when he was released from That's the exactly Patriots. what I have up. <laughs> <laughs> so it would have been 2014. Okay. Because so he was on the Patriots in 2013. So that would have been WrestleMania, trying to think. Uh, 30. Yeah, New Orleans. Yeah. Who did Big Show? What did Big Show do? He was do in that in the... tag team match against the Shield with uh, New Age Outlaws, right? Kane um, and. I'm looking it up right here. That was Kane with the New Age Outlaws. I don't think Big Show okay. was even on this card. Oh, yeah, it was Kane with the New. Yep. Big Show, Kane, you know, they all look, yeah. they look alike, right? Oh, Big Show fought. Uh, Big Show was the last man eliminated by Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli, in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. There we go. So he get he went in the Battle Royal instead of a Tebow match. Now just think, Tim Tebow working a wrestling match. Oh my God, like that story is wild. I'm surprised that's never leaked out before. But like Nikon said, we had a very super secret meeting that nobody knew about. That I love how they can keep those things under wraps, and that's hilarious to me. And it could have worked. Yeah, it would have worked. I don't think it would have had the notoriety of Floyd Mayweather versus the Big Show, True. but it would have worked, especially for a card that stacked. Oh yeah, you had Batista coming back. Yeah, it would have been a nice little fun filler. No Johnny Knoxville, but <laughs> I love that match. Favorites, so fun. I love when wrestling doesn't take itself too seriously like that. <laughs> oh yeah. So one last thing about The Rock. Fightful does have a story up right now about that conversation that we saw The Rock and Cody Rhodes had at day one and what that conversation actually was. Because we've seen video, we've seen the photos of The Rock and Cody Rhodes speaking backstage. So Fightful writes the following. The Rock, Cody Rhodes, or both? There has been much discussion regarding The Rock and Cody Rhodes. Who will face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and how things will work out around what could be one of the biggest WrestleManias of all time. Images emerged from WWE Raw Day 1's event of The Rock and Cody Rhodes embracing backstage. We're told it was right outside of the gorilla position and was caught on camera by both The Rock's team as well as WWE photographers. Several people were around to hear the exchange. We were told that the nature of the exchange, which was before The Rock went out to do his promo, was that of a support to Cody Rhodes and what he's been doing. Those that we spoke to said that they got the feeling that The Rock wasn't there to, quote, stand in the way of anything, but did note that it was before his promo and most didn't know his, quote, head of the line, head of the table line was coming. There's been word around WWE ahead of The Rock getting on the board seat that WWE was trying to land him in some sort of a contract or deal, but nobody expected anything in the scope of what happened today, January 23rd. So, yeah, it looks like Cody and The Rock, they're cool, Maybe, I don't know, but I thought that was just an interesting story to bring up that, you know, The Rock supports Cody. The Rock thinks Cody's doing great things in WWE, but could The Rock take Cody's match is the big question. Uh, this, the Rock, <laughs> this means The Rock's running the Royal Rumble and going on to face Roman at WrestleMania, right? So no. so here's my theory on that. <laughs> I did I fantasy booked this last night. You have everybody's been in the Rumble except for number 30. And the last two people still left in the ring are Cody and CM Punk. And then when that countdown drops, all of a sudden The Rock's music hits and he's number 30 and it's Rock, Punk, Cody all in the ring together to end the Royal Rumble. And then it's like, 
crap, where do you go from here? Right. And I I dig it. I dig it. If if I can with the rumble, if I can get to the point where I can realistically believe at least three people can win it, I'm enjoying that rumble. Okay. So that leads to my other question I have for you, because someone asked me this. Take the rock out of the situation. Both Cody and CM Punk want to win. They want that main event slot. Do you think in 2023 they can do a double winner, like a double finish where they both fall out at the same time? Or do you think fans are going to overanalyze it, zoom in and slow-mo the footage and be like, nope, Cody's feet hit first. I mean, I yeah, I think that's what they do. Fans would do. But again, for WWE, that is engagement. That is what they'd want. Mm-hmm. And all engagement is great engagement for them. So they, if they had a YouTube video dissecting it, if they, <laughs> they, if they could do it right, like right. when AJ yeah. Styles had uh, Chris Park come on and be his stat man. Oh, yeah, yeah. A few years ago, if they had somebody come out and they want to do full blown CM Punk heel turn, and they had someone come out and like dissect with the screen, <laughs> like telestrator it, right? If they want to telestrate, no, if you look right here, they it, it, the quote, <laughs> it's clear as day. This is this is garb. They could do it, they could do it. Uh, will they? I don't know because I like, I think it's, I mean, it's been what 20 years since they did that almost, right. It'll yeah, be 19 years since the Batista Cena thing, so. I think it's been long enough where they can they could do it. Well, at least this time, if they do it, no one's gonna tear both their quads at once. I hope. Because last time they had the accidental two person finish, Vince came out and that was a shit show. Yeah, let's not talk about. <laughs> and then and then you got you know like father like son at Mania last year. Oh lord, it felt so bad. Like everybody was making fun of it. I'm like, I feel so because you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that is like that is a freak accident to happen. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with how in shape you are. That has nothing to do with how well you're training, how athletic. That popping your quads that way, a hundred percent a freak accident. Kevin Nash was kind of just like walking in the ring, maybe walking a little faster than a walk, but he wasn't doing anything and tore a quad. Yeah, yeah, it can happen. Yeah, we have two more news stories. Your- Go for it. You can just tear your quad getting out of the bathroom or oh, yeah. out of the bed one night. Like, it has nothing to do with anything. And I, yeah. and I from it's painful. You don't got to be like R-Truth tearing his quad off a flip dive or anything. No. That was bad. That could have been way worse than... They thought it was going to be way worse than it was, too. Good thing he didn't have the leg have to be amputated. Yeah. As someone who's had who dealt with staff after a knee surgery, I I read that and I was just like, man, I I feel that wow. just terrifying. Terror. It's the most terrifying thing when you're like, oh, by the way, your body's not reacting right. Uh, we need to get you to the hospital like now. Hmm. That's crazy. We do have two new two more news stories here. The first one I want to talk about is because so there was a story going around overnight. Basically about Kazuchika Okada and him coming to WWE and what his plans are going to be and this and that. And apparently, according to both Fightful and Sean Ross there and Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, they both said, no, this is premature and nobody knows anything because Okada apparently hasn't even made up a decision what he wants to do. Does he want to go to AEW? Does he want to go to WWE? There's options from both. You know, both sides are going to fight hard and we'll see where he goes. But Fightful does have a little bit of a write-up here refuting and rebuttaling those reports from last night, stating, quote, rumors are flying about Kazuchika Okada, and they're very premature. Early Tuesday, rumors emerged that Okada would be headed to WWE and possibly appearing on the NXT brand first, citing sources from NJPW. However, Fightful Fightful sources close to NJPW said that it is not the situation as they know it, at least as of right now. 
it was reiterated that Okada seems early in his process. One WWE higher-up said, quote, That would be news to us at this point. And multiple sources on the NXT staff said they'd heard nothing of the sort at this, at this point. In addition, numerous people that Fightful has talked to within AEW believed that they're very much in the running to land Kazuchika Okada. To reiterate, anything can happen, but now and the time Okada now and the time Okada makes his decision. But we were told by sources connected to Okada, AEW, and WWE that this appears to be premature. So I just wanted to talk about that really quick. It's like, oh, everyone's like, oh my God, he's going to WWE. They're going to throw him in NXT. He's going to be the next Shinsuke of NXT. Maybe. But nothing is known yet. He hasn't made up a decision. There's still... He's got a month still left with New Japan. Granted, his deal is up next week, but he's working with yeah. them till the 24th of February. So it's not like, oh, January 31st, he's going to leave Japan and go wherever he's going to go. I mean, maybe he shows up somewhere, but he's still got three more dates with New Japan. So we'll see where it yeah. goes and all that the stuff. N the NXT thing, as soon as I read that, I'm like, I don't buy that at all. Oh, I yeah. don't think he signs anywhere to go to that brand even I don't, it's just no way there's there's no way you're not gonna go be with a bunch of people who are just on tv some just on tv for the first time fresh out of college like mm -hmm. after getting an nil deal you're not people who need to learn the ropes of tv like there's no way not someone in this day and age maybe in the black and gold era well yeah maybe but not in today's NXT. It's NXT has that nice mix, yes, but mm -hmm. Kazuchika Okada is the equivalent, I don't think, is the equivalent of when AJ Styles came over. Oh, yeah. AJ it, Styles was not going to sign if he was going to be put in NXT. Right, and like you said, the 2016 NXT and the 2024 NXT, completely different. Yeah, they threw Nakamura down there for a little while, and he thrived. He did very well, NXT champion, this and that, but he was also working... 10-year vets in NXT. How many 10-year yeah. vets are now in NXT? How many five-year yeah, vets Bobby are Roode. in NXT? Yeah, you had Bobby Roode, Samoa yeah. Joe, Adam Cole. Like, you had Ballard. All, Drew McIntyre, Ballard, <laughs> all of these guys. Yeah. That's not the case anymore. No, now you got these guys that have been on TV for two years, maybe been yeah. wrestling for three at that. Like, so yeah, it's maybe put them down. I can't even say that. I would say put them down there for a month, get them acclimated to the, your television style and throw them on raw. If you're going to do that, you might as well just throw them on raw or SmackDown right away. So yeah. Agreed. I again, like I said, the NXT of now and the NXT of back in the day when you could do something like that, completely different. And he's not going to want to go in there and work with somebody that's had like 10 matches and doesn't know how to properly scoop slam him or give him a clothesline. That's not going to hurt him. So, yeah. And then the final news story that I didn't want to bring up, I guess I just mentioned him, Finn Balor. Finn Balor's contract is reportedly up at the end of, well, not the end of this year, but later this year, according to a new report from Fightful, as they write the following. Another WWE contract is set to be up this year. On January 22nd, Wrestling Inc. founder and former owner Raj Giri tweeted, Finn Balor's WWE contract is up after WrestleMania. The word I've gotten is that he hasn't been approached to renew yet. Fightful has confirmed with sources close to Balor that his WWE contract is up this year, but they claim it is, quote, not immediately after WrestleMania, instead saying that it would be up within a few months of WrestleMania. As, of w as for WWE not reaching out about extending him, that has been the case for numerous wrestlers in WWE whose contracts are up. Balor is the current tag team champion. So we have heard the stories of, you know, McIntyre's contracts up this year, 
Rollins' contract's up this year. Becky Lynch's contract's up this year. And none of them have been approached because TKO is taking a different approach of, we don't want to need to lock them in early. We just need to eventually lock them in before the deal is up. So that's all this really is. We don't know exactly how long after Mania Finn Balor's deal is up. But I feel like if he's, and I don't want to speak for Finn, but if it was me, if I'm getting pushed the way I'm getting pushed now, get a little pay increase and stick around. I mean, where else would he go? Would, could you see him go back to New Japan? Could you see him in AEW? I think if he went anywhere, it would be Japan. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think he'd do an AEW. Everybody would fantasy book him going to AEW because mm. Bullet Club and blah blah blah. Mm. I, if he left, it'd be New Japan. But I view him though as a WWE lifer at this point. Oh, yeah. I view him as WWE wants to keep him because if when he eventually calls it quits, you have him come in to coach your future yep. superstars. My God. I mean, look at what Becky Lynch has uh, attributed to, to Finn about her career. Mm-hmm. J.D. McDonough, like, too. Yeah, like, and, <clears throat> like, they're, like, you can't, they, he's one I don't think they let go. I think at this point, maybe a few years ago, yeah. <clears throat> but with what they have in place now with him yeah. and what they view for him, and I, I think he's a lifer. And I don't think this would play a factor, but he's now married now, based in the U.S. with his wife and all that. So him going to Japan and doing those long stints and those month tours and stuff, I just, maybe it's not for him anymore, especially at this age, because he's over 40 now. Yeah, exactly. And 40 is the new 30 at this point for wrestlers. So. Oh, yeah. But but either way, like you, you look, show a 40 year old wrestler today compared to a 40 year old wrestler in the late 90s, early 2000s. And my God, didn't Vince <laughs> think Macho Man was too old at like 37? Yeah, like thirty. Granted, Macho Man. It, yeah, and then you have you have the odd ones. You have the Arn Anderson who has looked seventy five since he was in his mid twenties. Oh yeah. Same with William Regal. He looked in his fifties when he was in his mid twenties. Like, it's weird. Yeah. So that's just another quick story I wanted to bring up for you guys watching here. Finn Balor's deal is up later this year, but I don't think he goes anywhere. If I'm going to be completely honest, even if they take the tag titles off of him and Judgment Day is not as hot, I still think he sticks around. And retires there, just like AJ has said. AJ has said it as well. I've loved my time in WWE, and this is where I'm going to retire. Yeah, so. it's they. You treat talent right, uh-huh. they'll they'll stick around. Yep. That's that's how it goes. People don't leave. No matter what business you're in, people don't leave companies. They leave bosses, and right now they seem to be happy with their boss. Exactly. Now, speaking of that, I want to get your opinion really quick on one. WWE storyline that they're doing. So they're trying to compare McIntyre leaving WWE, quote unquote, and having a big indie run compared to Cody. Is that really that comparable when McIntyre was got fired and didn't leave on his own? Yeah, and they can't can, do that. Yeah, I hate that comparison. Uh, they they can do. You know what? No one believed in me. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they can they can do it in a way where it's like neither of them when they were one was let go, one had to get out, one yeah. left. Because no one believed they could be that guy. Okay, I didn't think about it that way. That's that's a good way to say it. But they, they... were let go different ways. <clears throat> so they they could do it with the you're not that guy, but bite me, I am that guy. And I came back and what I would like to see Drew do, like the whole thing, it's like I would love to see a Drew Cody feud where if they tried that, Drew could have been like, yeah. So I was let go because they didn't think I was that guy. I came back sooner than you, and I was yeah. that guy before you. Like they could easily like that would be incredible. Um, 
but Drew is man. Do I love what he's doing right oh, now? Oh, he's one of the best things they have going right now. And it, it, it's another proof that the heels are only heels because they want you to boo them. It's not because what they're saying are lies. Exactly. Like, <laughs> have you seen some? Of yeah, these, like, have you seen some of these promos he's cutting on his TikTok? No, I, I just don't did, watch much of the. Like, I'm on TikTok, but right. I watch you know episodes of Suits because <laughs> I'm a sucker. So I don't I don't do TikTok that much, but I see people reposting on on Twitter and stuff. And there was one from over the weekend from I think it was Sunday. Or he's just in his hotel room, packing his suitcase, just cutting this promo on Punk and Cody and the landscape of the company, and it's just like, oh, well, this put is that awesome. On TV. Yeah. Like they're putting they're they're putting his promos on TV, but like, put that video on yeah. TV. Like when uh the day when Chelsea Green first came back and she was doing her Karen gimmick, mm-hmm. getting it over, and they would show like her TikTok videos of right. like her going to a store and not being happy how she was treated throw that on a t- on television i want it. that's the type of stuff man yeah no I, it, it was great because he's just sitting there in his hotel room he's like he's like it's such and such morning and i'm just folding my clothes but here's what i have to say and it, it was great and then eventually he's like hold on and then he like sits on the couch and gets more serious it was great yeah i everything he's doing and uh man I think I, I, I say it every time, like when I used to cover the NHL, like he's one guy that he it's free agency. He's going to make. Oh, yeah. Bank. Yeah. Bank. <laughs> because, man, can he tell a story in it? And that's why, like, people are like, oh, he's going to some people like are fancy booking him to AEW. And uh, sure, that'd be cool to see. But if WWE is if AEW is going to go back to the whole more sports oriented with the rankings returning and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a fit for Drew. I don't either. I think Drew is in a perfect fit here. Really good in the ring, but man, can he talk. Yeah, he's one that I'm surprised we haven't heard of more like Hollywood coming for him. Uh, you know, part of me thinks that's that, you know, it's the accent because I don't, yeah, I'm, this is me just spitballing or guessing. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because of the accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? But yeah, right. I'm, I'm kind of surprised too. I, I I think he'd be a natural for it. But that's really all. But maybe he. It's just not his heart. Maybe that's true. Maybe he doesn't want to be gone from WWE and then have to go leave and do acting stuff. And this, and that maybe it's just like not in his cards. But yeah, no, though in WWE 2K23, my GM, I have sent him off to make <laughs> some money for my show. Like he was actually one of the superstars. They're like, oh, we have a chance to put Drew McIntyre and Bianca Belair in a movie. Blah, blah, blah. T- take them. Give me the money. Good. Enjoy Hollywood. <laughs> Speaking of that, what are your quick thoughts on 2K24 and the news we've gotten so far? We'll end with this. So I, I have a lot to say on that, but I won't, <laughs> I won't do that here. Uh, we'll be here for another hour and a half. Uh, we, uh, people, I, I put out the night before that people needed to get excited. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of stuff I, uh, I got early that, that I would have reported in years past that I promised the source who sent it to me that I wouldn't do it this year mm. because for there's reasons why. Gotcha. Uh, every journalist has reasons why they won't do it. Yeah. Um, but I put out a vague thing. I'm like, tomorrow's WWE 2K24 day. Be excited. Be ready. And everybody's like, no. But then I had a lot of people who know, like I was the one. I don't know if people know this. If you're watching, I was the one who, br- who broke the news that my GM GM mode was returning to yeah. that franchise. This guy, I will, that is like, I will take all the credit in the world for that because that was one of my favorite stories I ever broke. But when I got what it was going, like I wasn't expecting major changes. 
and I was right on that. Um, I wasn't expecting major game modes. The the 40 years of WrestleMania to me isn't a major game mode. Right. Because they've done these types of modes before. It's not something brand new we've never seen. The returning match types people have been asking for, they've been working on great. A couple things I wish they would have announced is my GM online, universe mode online. They said they're working on it, but it won't be in this year. Mm. Uh, and an overhaul control scheme, not going to happen. So if you don't like the combos that the last game had, you're not going to, you might not like the control, probably won't like the controls this year, but overall I'm excited for what it has, especially with what they announced to GM mode so far and universe having like different stipulations, but the match types returning, the more match types you have, the more fun the game becomes. Yes. So that is a that's a big win for me. So I'm excited. I would be excited if I was a fan and in gaming, which is what I've covered almost exclusively for the last decade. I became known as someone who's hard to please. And I if I'm shouting something from the rooftops is to be excited about. I think you can take it to the bank to, to be happy about it. That's, that's awesome to hear. But when talking about just real quick, when you said the more game modes, the better. That's like with my kids. They love WWE games. They don't like the AEW game because, like, they go, every time I play, it feels like I'm doing the exact same thing over and over. But they love the WWE games because there's so much variety. Yep, and that's exactly how I feel. If you want a fun <clears throat> wrestling game to play because of the variety, it doesn't have a lot of game modes. It's got two really great game modes where you can be a booker or the wrestler. Look up Wrestling Empire from M. Dickey. Yes. He's been making these games for years. Yes. I've been playing them since 2004. Wrestling Empire, Steam Deck verified. If you it's on PC, p- play that game. It is the biggest sandbox in the world <laughs> when it comes to a career mode in wrestling. It is over the top goofy. It doesn't take itself seriously. There, if you want something to do that's fun, mm. that's the game. Yeah, no, I've played you that got a couple a free times. Cheap plug because yep, I play yep. that game religiously. <laughs> yeah, I play that game a couple times. And I'm like, damn, this is fun. This is really fun. And I need to get that on console so the kids can play it. Right. Cause they, they don't my, like my kids would love it. Like my son's got a computer that he can play games on and stuff, but he rarely does. He likes to play everything on the PlayStation five or the Xbox. So it's like, dang. Yeah. My, my son, my son's the only <laughs> kid. I think my son's a six year old with a third RTX 3090 GPU. Like the benefits of dad working in that career. <laughs> <laughs> I think my son's laptop's got a 3060 in it. Maybe something like that. Yeah. And that's a, I mean, again, that's a great yeah. GPU yeah. for, for gaming. Like it's, Especially like with the games that we want to play, mm-hmm. he's not doing heavy streaming. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but with that, I do want to say thank you for joining me here, Mike. I had a great time talking with you. We did almost an hour and a half here talking about WWE and all the news that broke today and some of the other things as well. But yeah, uh, where can people find you and how could they keep up with all your work? Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you having me on. It's I, I love talking with you. We talk all the time offline, so <laughs> right. it's nice to, to talk online too. But everybody can find me on every social media platform at Mike Straw Media. Literally, Threads, Blue Sky, Instagram, Twitter, wherever, YouTube, Twitch, uh, anywhere at Mike Straw Media. You can find my gaming coverage at insider-gaming.com. I post exclusives there all the time. So uh, uh, hit me up. I love to talk. I love to to reach out and, and talk wrestling and you might not like my takes but I have them so again guys I want to say thank you guys for joining us here twitch.tv forward slash pwunlimited youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio and so much more 
but we'll see you back here unless there's more big breaking news tomorrow i'll be back live wednesday evening following aew dynamite with that have a great rest of your tuesday and we'll see you next time guys have a good one